Hello, my name's Ran. And my name's Joe. And this is the Flow Artist Podcast. Every episode, we speak with inspiring movers, thinkers, and teachers about how they find their flow and much, much more. Except today, we are, are speaking to each other. <laughs> yeah, we are yet again the inspiring movers, thinkers, and teachers. And hopefully, we can share a little bit of how we find our flow in lockdown. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, do you want to talk about why we wanted to do this episode, Joe? Yeah, so we just really appreciate what hard times we're all living through at the moment and how much stress and uncertainty people are managing in their day-to-day life. And we just kind of wanted to share some of the things that are lifting us up, making us feel better, making us have hope for the world from here on. And I also wanted to share that Self-care is not a substitute for systemic change. There'll still be a global pandemic going on no matter how many walks in the sunshine you take, but sometimes the little things help us deal with the big things. So we did just want to share the stuff today that's inspiring us, that's making us feel good, and I really hope that something lands with you and just lights up your daily experience a little bit. Mm, Yeah, so I guess... You know, we, we acknowledge that things are a bit rough for some people and, you know, we, we all have our moments as well, but hopefully in some way this episode can just help you feel a little bit better at least for a little while or give you some inspiration on things you might want to try or do. And we should also acknowledge that we're recording this episode on Wondery land here in Northcote and we send our respect and we acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Beautiful. All right. So what's first, Joe? So, Ron, is there anything that's really helping your mental health right now? Quite a few things. I mean, I guess I've talked before about the fact that I, I do speak to a psychologist uh, around once a month. I, you know, occasionally have been known to have anxiety issues. And so I talk with my psychologist once a month and he is very helpful and understanding and patient and you know all the things you'd hope so that is obviously a a great benefit to me and he I guess he his approach is to it's really about getting in touch with your feelings you know giving yourself time and space to actually feel and process them and I feel like in the time I've been speaking with him I have gotten a lot better at that there are still days where <laughs> things get a little bit not so good, but I think all in all, it's been a very positive experience. As well as that, one thing I've been doing lately, if, if you heard our last episode, I mentioned how I, I went to the Madai and you know I got in touch with my whānau, my family, my extended family, and I got in touch with a little bit of my culture that I hadn't experienced for a while and I guess that sort of led me on a path of really wanting to learn more about it so as part of that I've started trying to learn te reo Māori which is the Māori language. I'm still very much a beginner but I'm making slow progress and I guess some things that have helped me there is I've I've got my books right here so I can look at them. One is a book called Māori Made Easy by Scotty Morrison and it's a great book actually. It's very systematic and yeah, it goes through the grammar and, and as you'd hope for, from a language book. But in a way, I don't know, I'm really enjoying learning Māori. 
I find the language very logical, at least in the way it's been presented to me, very logical and I don't know, there's just a few things I really like about it. So, you know, I'm I'm continuing to learn more and also to help me, I've been watching some YouTube channels. There's um, a great channel called Wakahuia, which is interviews with Māori elders or kaumatua talking about their experience and they're in te reo, they're in Māori, but they're subtitled, but it's actually helped me learn a lot more about the culture as well as the language. There's te karere, which translates to the, the message, so the news, and that's presented in te reo as well and is, is quite interested. interesting, keeping me up to date in current events. There's also uh, in New Zealand, there's a channel, TV channel, Māori TV, and they've got an app and we've watched some great shows on that as well. Yeah, a great one to start would be Find Me a Multi Bride. Oh, that's excellent. It's, that's it's a comedy show. There's also some educational ones. There's um, Orpaki, which is a sort of, it's presented in a little house and a bunch of young people get together and uh, they're learning Maori and the instructions of teacher named Pania. And that's really good. Another thing, I, I saw a documentary recently called Beyond Matariki. And Matariki is, it's essentially, a cluster of stars. It's known as the Pleiades, I think, or Pleiades. I'm not sure about the pronunciation of that, but it signifies the the new year in Maori culture. And this documentary actually goes on to talk about how the Maori culture had a very complex calendar system based around astronomy, observation of the stars, constellations, and they always knew when in the year it was, or, you know, apart from I guess it's cold, it must be winter. Um, but um, they could sort of predict certain things, including whether there was going to be a drought or a particularly cold season on whether you could see certain stars during the year. So, Yeah, one that I remember was like, even if it looks like the plants are going well, do not harvest your kumara until you see the big kumara constellation in the sky and then you'll know that's the time to bring in the harvest. That's right. And also as well as that, I've just received my book today called Matariki, the Star of the Year, which is a great book about about the Matariki celebration and the, the new year and, and the basis of, of Māori, I guess, knowledge. So, yeah, so that's been pretty interesting. Um. I guess I've talked a lot, so maybe you should have a go, Joe. Yeah, for sure. So one thing that I've found has been really helping relieve tension, especially in my face, which then translates into my mind, is the practice of guasa. And so it's from traditional Chinese medicine, and I use like a rose quartz stone, and it's almost like a little foam roller for your face. So you're just kind of sliding it across for massage. And so it's working on acupressure points. I really recommend treatment by Lanshin, which is Sandra Lanshin Choi's Instagram. There's a little bit of cultural appropriation controversy about guasa because a few influencers have kind of made really quick videos about it. And traditional Chinese medicine practitioners really want people to know the depth of this practice and how the benefits go beyond smoothing out your wrinkles or actually what it's awesome for. If you have like jaw tension, it's really good for easing out that and like tension around your eyes as well. So I've been starting my day, not every day, but maybe four times a week with this practice. And it's a little bit like a meditation. It's a bit of a self-care time and 
at the end of it, like my face feels more relaxed, my mind feels more relaxed and it's just nice to feel like you've done something good for yourself at the start of the day, especially if you're doing a little bit too much internet time before <laughs> that. So highly recommend Guasa, especially if you do yin or other self-myofascial pra- release practices, it will fit right in. You'll love it. The other thing we've been doing at the end of the day is we've been having bedtime teas before we go to sleep. Our sleep both gets affected by news stuff, emotional stuff. It's definitely uh, a sign that all is not well (laughs) mentally. So yeah, to help us both go to sleep, we've been having herbal tea before bed and it's like a nice little ritual and we've both been really enjoying it and we've been drinking more teas through the day as well. So If you need to do a little something, like a little ritual at the end of your day to help you get ready to sleep, and that often makes it easier to sleep, highly recommend the bedtime teas. Absolutely. Another thing that I've been working on is that I've been in the process of building an app for Garden of Yoga, and it is a slow progress. I'm learning a new... new to me technology. It's called React Native, which enables you to use essentially web type technologies because I'm a web developer use them to build apps and it can sort of enable you to build them in both Android and iOS at the same time so that's been a fun learning experience for me and you know I've been putting out a lot of time well not a huge amount but a bit of time and energy into that and you know we've both been sort of collaborating as well so you know I'll show Joe my progress and well, hopefully she, <laughs> she yeah I'm it. into it I drew some little icons on my iPad she did yes yeah. so we we also added to our website the ability to filter each of our classes by prop type so Joe drew up some gorgeous little icons that you can use to filter them by to select by and that's going to go into the app as well. I also recently add, added being able to favorite videos. I'd like to be able to add actual playlists as well. So you could sort of put together a bunch of of classes and then put them in whatever order you like, and then it would play them in sequence. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, it feels good doing something for our business when so many other things are just on hold or not happening at the moment. So, mm-hmm. And we do have around 170 videos, I think, all up. So that, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed with that. That's quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have some more little mental health things yep. that have been helping me. They're all on Instagram, which, you know, both sides of the coin. Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's not to be looking on Instagram all the time. But a recent discovery is Chris Cheers Psychology. And he's all about elevating mental health in the arts and LGBTQI plus communities. One of his little stories I saw was notes from a psychologist trying to find through trying to find a way through a lockdown low day. And he's just got such a great perspective. Like he's really wise. The stuff is really real. Like it's little things that you can do that are helpful, but he kind of has this broader perspective about what's beautiful about being a human being, what's hard about being a human being. Like you can tell he comes from the arts. He's very eloquent and I found his words just really helpful on those low days and also really helpful on those days where you just can't see a way out of our current paradigm and what is the arts industry going to look like, what's the yoga industry going to look like when all of that is swirling around. I found his feed to be really helpful. 
another Instagram feed that I've also been really enjoying. It's called Oh Happy Danny and it's Danielle Koch and she's a she kind of creates this visual and poetic representation of social justice issues. So one of the things that she created that I really liked was it's a peach tree mm-hmm. and then there were some low-hanging fruit, <laughs> the things that are within your reach. So that's like your actions, your values, how you treat others, your contribution to the world and the creati- and your creativity. And then there's the things that are out of your reach, like saving the whole world, exact outcomes, the past and lost time, and just seeing someone else's artistic representation of these really big issues has kind of helped me make sense of some of those things. Another person in that realm who's local is M. Swami, and I bought one of her posters recently which says, stop imagining the apocalypse, start imagining the revolution. And so she's also a queer perspective, BIPOC perspective, like giving voice to marginalised voices through her art and her activism and putting into words some of these big concepts in ways that are inspiring rather than just daunting and depleting. Mm-hmm. And I guess as well as that, we've um, we've added a little bit of exercise to our routine. We've started doing some high intensity workouts and uh, we, we just find one on YouTube and it only goes for 10 minutes, but I, I've been finding it just starts off our day on a really good It good does, note, it um, does. And feel, leaves me feeling charged up and ready to go. It's l- Kind of like having a coffee. But. <laughs> yeah, we have a couple of coffees as well. How it, how it happened is I just kind of stumbled on this Pilates class and it had like interval training in it. And it's not only my cup of tea, but I was like, oh, well, I'm not doing anything else this afternoon. I'll go for it. And I just felt really good at the end of the class. Like it really got the endorphins going and I was like, yeah, all right, I'm going to do this more. <laughs> I will just say if you're coming from an accessible yoga perspective or a body positive yoga perspective – a lot of the language in these videos is like fat blaster, feel the burn. Like it's not very holistic. It's quite fitness focused, Mm. but there's not a lot of speaking in the videos. So just know that that's kind of most people do these for weight loss and it's really great for mental health as well. But if that's triggering for you, I guess search mindfully and don't Mm. feel like you've got to do something that's going to make you feel like you have to change your body Mm. because it's all about just feeling good in your body. Yeah. And that's why we're doing it so we can feel good. Yeah. And a side benefit, we were walking in the park, our regular (laughs) walk, and we were like climbing up the hill, masks on, just chatting away. And then kind of realized like, wow, we just like walked up that hill talking in our masks super easily. Mm -hmm. So I actually do think it is really helping my cardiovascular Mm. system. And I think it's going to be really helpful for when we go back to teaching in masks, I feel like it's going to make a difference. Mm, yeah, yeah, I definitely noticed a difference between, you know, earlier on a couple of weeks ago or something like that. Then since we've been doing it, yeah, it's been great. And it's only 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> That's the best yeah, part. 10 minutes, we're, we're good. Yeah, done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that we've done our workout, let's get back to the couch. <laughs> Is there any feel good viewing that you've been enjoying? I mean, I guess I mentioned already. You know, I'm watching a lot of Maori language channels on YouTube. Also listening to a Maori language podcast called Taringa, which means ear. <laughs> and that's been quite good. But another channel, actually two things, Reservation Dogs, which is an awesome, awesome comedy. It's set on Indian reservations. One of the creators was Taika Waititi, who, you know, is a Maori. And actually watching that show, I do feel like there are similarities between 
you know, the the native culture there and and Maori culture back home. And then going on from that show, which is awesome, I found a YouTube channel. I think it's called Patrick is a Navajo and he is a young Navajo man and he does react videos. He reacts to memes. He also did a reaction video to to reservation dogs and, and they completely love it because it's great. It also smashes all sorts of stereotypes around Native Americans, which I love. But it's also very wholesome content. It's really good. And they finish every episode with, you know, inspiring natives doing inspiring things. So that is is great to watch. And yeah, I've been watching a little bit of that lately. What about you, Joe? Well, I've got a couple of favorite YouTubes, which are my go-to when I need a little pick-me-up. One of them is Beryl. Shirisky's channel, and she talks to different people from all around the world about different foods. So a great series is her toast series, where she'll be sharing with people from all over the world what they put on their toast. And there's usually a direct video from that person kind of talking about how they do their toast and then she'll cook it. There's an artist featured every episode as well. She'll go into some more culturally significant dishes or you know, what does everyone do with onions? And she's really good at describing how the food tastes as she Mm. eats it. It's Mm. very entertaining. It's very uplifting. And if you're someone who's really missing being able to travel and actually experience different cultures and see different things, it kind of scratches that itch Mm. a little bit. Mm. And it does make you excited about cooking new and different foods, which is also (laughs) great in lockdown. My other food favorite, which is just shot so beautifully in such an inspiring plant-filled space that that's already making my eyes happy, (laughs) is Pick Up Limes. And this is all plant-based dishes with Sadia. I would recommend starting with her Afghan food one because she is Afghani and it's her family recipes and beautiful stories. It's really from the heart and there are a few charities that she recommends you support as well, but she's also just donating the proceeds of that particular video. So you'll be helping just by watching it. And I mean, I've been vegan for over 20 years it's exactly the right level of complication and inspiration and new things to get me excited about making something new, but it's all super accessible. And if you are on a budget, she does heaps of budget recipes. If you don't have much time, she does lots of ones that are really quick, but everything is really vibrant and colorful. And she is so chill, like her voice (laughs) is so calming. It's a good feel good one to watch. Another beautiful series that I've just discovered is called Back to Nature, and you can watch it on ABC iView. And it's a journey through the Australian landscape with the First Nations inhabitants of the land. So I caught a Wurundjeri episode last time, which was really cool. There's artists and writers who are involved as well. And if you miss going on bushwalks, is shot like you're on a bushwalk, but obviously very cinematic and beautiful. So you get to see some nature, you get to learn about some culture. It's a very nice antidote to anything that might be stressing you out or making you feel depressed or tense, just to have that beautiful reconnection to land and nature and culture. In the plant realm, um, my my Instagram feel-good favourite is Plant Queen, (laughs) which I assume is how you pronounce K-W-E-E-N. And so Christopher, he's based in Brooklyn, he's black, he's queer, he's femme. He will wear a sparkly ball gown in the botanic gardens and light up your day that way. It's all about plant care and self-care and how they're connected. So 
creating a lush kind of nurturing space in your home, nurturing little plants. You know, plant needs a drink. Maybe you need a drink of water as well. <laughs> and so it's quite uplifting and another palate cleanser for a world that's bringing you down, just life, lushness, plants, <laughs> humour, sparkles. <laughs> it's got it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Should I go into some other books that I'm reading? Yeah, definitely. Yep. So <laughs> escapism through fiction. <laughs> I've been really enjoying Taylor Jenkins Reid's books. So Daisy Jones and the Six, it's kind of set 60s, 70s. I guess it's like Fleetwood Mac. It's like a really dysfunctional band making an album. Different band members give their perspectives in different chapters. So you'll kind of see the same incident described in a few different ways from everyone's point of view. And it's really funny as well. And then she also wrote Malibu Rising, which is kind of 70s, 80s. And this is family members, kind of, you hear their family history. It's all building up towards this massive party where everything comes to a head. And she's very evocative with her writing. All the characters are really unique. They've all got their own voices and, yeah, really good intelligent escapism fiction, I would say. I also like another banned book from multiple perspectives is Utopia Avenue. And that's also set 60s and 70s. And it's kind of a fictional band, but they meet real life people like Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan and the Beatles. So that's also multiple characters' perspectives. And yeah, it's very creative. It's by the author of Cloud Atlas, David Mitchell. And then another favourite, which is more visual, but also a bit of a memoir, is Justina Blakeney's new book, Jungalo. So it's like the evolution of her style, which is like really global, lots of patterns, lots of plants, her telling her story and lots of beautiful pictures from her travels around the world. So if you need a little bit of inspiration to create a more inspiring and nurturing home space while looking out into the world, that's a really good one. Nice. I know you're a huge Justina Blakeney fan, so yeah, that'll be definitely right up your alley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dream podcast guest. <laughs> if you're listening. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you could reply to any one of my five emails. <laughs> Just nice. keep putting it out there. <laughs> nice. Actually, one one more. I don't know if it's feel-good viewing, but I've been really enjoying that TV series on Amazon, Nine Perfect Strangers, and it's kind of set in a... I guess a retreat center and yeah, it goes into, I don't know, the, the, the lives of a group of different people and uh, it's been, it's been really good viewing so far. It's awesome. And that's based on a Leanne Moriarty book and all her books are fantastic. They're really suspenseful, but really character driven. So it's kind of like a thriller, but you're just inside different people's minds and there's a Bit of a feminist focus to all of them, I'd say, mm -hmm. as well. Really strong, interesting female characters and, yeah, very unputdownable. Nice. And I guess I did briefly mention these books before, but I did want to mention again uh, the books I'm reading to help me learn te reo Māori. There's Māori Made Easy by Scotty Morrison, and he's actually – there's a whole, a whole lot of them. And I've also just purchased the – well, I've – got a subscription to audible.com so I can listen to the audio version of that as well. And my book, Matariki, the star of the year, was written by uh, Rangi Matamua, who, who is this, I guess, astronomer and, you know, Māori person, Māori scientist. And 
Yeah, it's really interesting. I've also been following, there's been interesting stuff in New Zealand about what's called Matauranga Māori, which is, I guess, Māori frameworks of knowledge and and science. And there has been a huge debate on whether it's science, whether it's not, what what makes up science, who gets to decide what science is. So, And I guess these days it is a very contentious issue and I understand the the need for rigor and all that, but in a sense, like Maori knowledge did have a lot of rigor and you know science behind it. Yeah, they, they had you... a complex calendar system that could predict the best time for planting crops, best time for harvesting crops. You know, it, it was yeah, it was a whole system. It's great. And like a detailed enough knowledge of astronomy that they could navigate the world without instruments. Mm, mm, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So before we go on, I just wanted to remind you that you could use our discount code MACFLOW, M-A-K-F-L-O-W, at markaloo.com to get 10% off. You'll help support the podcast and also a great sustainable Australian company. The Markaloo, it's a set of nesting domes on a wooden base that you can use for self-massage, for stability and for proprioceptive awareness. We've made a few videos, including a recent one on how you can incorporate it into a chair yoga practice. And it's great for that because it's little and portable, unlike a big heavy bolster, which is quite hard to pick up if you're sitting in a chair. I really miss getting massages and this is really helping. So I just thought I'd put in that little reminder (laughs) and we'll put the link in our show notes as well. Nice one, Joe. So Thanks, Ron. Oh, you're welcome. So who is inspiring you right now? So one thing I've been doing a lot of in lockdown is online trainings, and that has really helped me feel connected to amazing teachers all over the world and an amazing community of people learning together. So we did the accessible yoga training together last year, and that was super awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, one of the great things about that particular training is how even though it was hundreds of people all over the world, because you did get together in these little breakdown groups, you got to learn from people with different cultures, people with different disabilities, people from different perspectives, and that's kind of what accessible yoga is all about. Mm. I've been reading Jivana's new book, Yoga Revolution, which would be a fantastic pick if you need a little bit more fuel in your fire to create a better world for yourself and for everyone. It's very inspiring. It's very motivating. It's very heartfelt. And there's also an accessible yoga conference coming up on September 22nd. So I think if you're feeling a bit isolated from a community, that would be a great way just to reconnect and re-inspire I also did Shawnee's Asanas for Autism and Special Needs training, which is aimed at working with young people and kids, but I have used a lot of her resources for myself and her perspective is really beautiful. Like We're all somewhere in this neurodiversity mix, so there's information in that I think would be really beneficial even if you're not planning to work with kids with special needs even if you just want to manage your own special needs in this challenging times. I did a yoga for humankind training in person before this whole pandemic hit, but I've been really drawing on the knowledge and the resources from that training as well. And I know there's an online one coming up and it's broken down into smaller sections. 
A lot of these trainings have scholarship places and tiered pricing as well. So if you've taken a bit of a financial hit, it may not be out of your reach. It's definitely worth looking into. And back to my love and missing of massage, (laughs) I also did Jill Miller and Tom Myers rolling along the anatomy trains online training and I've bought the anatomy trains book and I read it and it all went out of my head. (laughs) So having that practical feel it in your body really helped me kind of integrate all of that anatomy information. And I felt really good after all of the massage sessions, like it's broken up into an anatomy lecture for each of the fascia lines and connections and then about an hour worth of self-massage. So it's probably about eight or nine hours of massage by wow. the end of it. So I did it over over a few weeks, which has really helped to have something to do in that extra spare time that was relaxing and was nurturing, but also felt like was enriching my ability to help other people and myself. So yes, highly recommend the online trainings. Nice. And I guess I'll, I'll agree with you on Jivana's book. Jivana is, I guess, a, an evergreen inspiration for the two of us. So yeah, and I also just realized that some of the stuff I mentioned earlier, I'd actually plan to put in this section, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's how inspirational they are. I also have a few Instagram people who inspire me, and one in particular is Bobby Lockyer, and she's a self-described Aboriginal creator and storyteller, mermaid queen on Karayara country, design and photography tips. And her photography style is quite dreamy and quite psychedelic almost. And she has really cool tips about how you can use very low cost items to create like bokeh effects or kind of soft colors in your frame. So she has great tips. Her own work is really beautiful. And a lot of what she does is like mother and baby photography. So she'll go to remote communities and photograph beautiful pregnant women, their gorgeous kids. She'll kind of share her like strategies for how to create these images that really tell a story. And it's just really lovely seeing this uplifting perspective on traditional cultural practices lived in our world today with cutting edge art and storytelling. And I feel like she's got a really unique perspective and I really enjoy her feed. She will definitely share some real world news stuff that's happening, but also creative inspiration and just beautiful colors and beautiful nature and beautiful people. Beautiful. That's right. (laughs) So, Ran, oh, before we go on, sorry, I do just have to say for anyone who's been feeling really hitting a brick wall in their yoga business or their self business and pushing and struggling and feeling like you're not really getting anywhere, I've got so much from our episode with Fipe, which is Living Coco, Living Culture. A lot of what she said about island time when things are flowing, go with it. When it feels like you're stuck, just rest in that space. Try not to push, try and like tune into the rhythms of what's happening has really, like I've tried to take that on board and it's helped me a lot. I've definitely had days where I've tried to really push and struggle and make things happen. And, you know, it's a tough time for business at the moment. And it's a privilege to be able to take a little bit of space and take a little bit more downtime. But Taking that time rather than trying to struggle has really helped me a lot. And I'm so grateful for her perspective and 
for sharing that wisdom right when I needed to hear it. Beautiful. And and I feel like it's been working because, you know, you've been getting inquiries and, and from out of nowhere. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, hey, when you feel like you've got to like make it happen, get online, share this stuff. And then when you just take a little step back from that, you know, <laughs> would that time have actually paid off anyway? <laughs> <laughs> so where do you go to for news and how much news is helpful right now? Solely Twitter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, I, I do follow Twitter. I actually, you know, Twitter's got a bit of a bad reputation, but I, I have to say, Multi Twitter is the best Twitter. It's sort of a, you know, it's predominantly multi people, <laughs> and they're they're quite a supportive group. I find so. No, that's that's been really good. I've I've also you know I've been keeping abreast of the situation in New Zealand, so it's been quite useful to find out what's going on from them. You know, I do follow a little bit of news like actual news on YouTube as well. I follow the news channels. I don't just uh, <laughs> watch <laughs> random people shouting. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's been good. I guess I like to know what's happening in Australia. So I, I watch some of their news channels on YouTube as well, maybe a little bit too much for Joe's liking. Yeah, major contributor to the bad night's sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've been following that a bit. So I guess I guess that's the main way. Yeah, so I've been getting a lot of my news from Instagram, which sounds weird. <laughs> but one site I really appreciate, it's called ZFeed, and they're an independent digital publisher, like breaking down and giving context to news events. So say something massive happens, like it's just happened in Afghanistan, and you want to get a really good sense of the context of that situation, but not necessarily see a lot of traumatic footage and people's opinions who you don't trust. So I really appreciate the Z page perspective. They'll break it down. There's resources if you want to find out more information. But if you just want to kind of wrap your brain around something that's just happened in the world, that's usually one of my go-tos. I also really appreciate the Intersectional Environmentalist, which is another Instagram feed, and that's Climate Justice. And it's like a resource hub centering the BIPOC experience and historically excluded voices. So if something happens in a community, they'll usually share directly from a person who's part of that community their perspective. They break down environmental issues. There's resources. It's quite... It's presented in a really colourful visual way. Again, you're not going to see dead bodies or something that's going to be traumatic to look at, but you are going to get the information. For Australia, I also followed the Greens Instagram feed and there's local, there's Darabin Greens and then there's Australian Greens. And I've learnt a lot about different environmental things that are happening in Australia that never make it to mainstream news and a lot about parliamentary decisions that never make it to mainstream news as well. So yeah, get my news from Instagram. <laughs> I also check the I check the COVID numbers and I check the exposure sites every day as well, but I usually just do that direct from the DHS website. Yes, sounds responsible. <laughs> <laughs> So what is giving you hope, Joe? 
So one person who has given me a lot of hope right now is Celeste Little. Oh, I thought you were going to say me, but. (laughs) (laughs) Ron first. (laughs) Celeste Little second. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And she's the Greens. If the Greens get voted in for our local neighbourhood of Cooper, she will be the representative. Mm -hmm. She's Aboriginal. She's a feminist. She's a live music advocate. She lives- Why don't we just say she'll be the representative for Cooper because- Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because we are Green Party members. We are, yeah, yeah. And we encourage you to vote Green as well. <laughs> but seeing someone like that representing mm-hmm. our electorate gives me hope. Mm-hmm. She's actually one person I follow on Twitter as well. And wow, I mean, the amount of idiocy she puts up with on Twitter is incredible, actually. Yeah, yeah. and like always with the focus of educating mm-hmm. and being the bigger person mm-hmm. in all of those interactions. Mm-hmm. Oh, but also very firm as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's being the bigger person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also like seeing Lydia Thorpe in Parliament as well yeah, is giving yeah. me hope. On a personal level, getting vaccinated is giving mm-hmm. me hope. Like mm-hmm. I have a couple of friends living in Europe and just – when a friend in Norway, especially, they're at that 70% vaccinated level and life there just sounds so different. So I know that there's a lot of fear and hesitancy, especially in the yoga and wellness mm-hmm. communities. But for me, like this is an act of self-care and community care and a way out of this like endless cycle of lockdowns. Mm-hmm. So wearing a mask, getting vaccinated, it's a small thing that I can do personally to help the community as a whole and the economy. Mm. Like, Yeah, no, nice. I, I guess what's giving me hope is, you know, I've, I've been, I guess, consuming a lot of Indigenous media lately and, or sorry, First Nations media or just communications from First Nations individuals. And that, it really does give me a lot of hope, especially when I see First Nations people, you know, communicating to people of different nations and just seeing also seeing the the non-indigenous community sort of taking on the values of of first nations people that really does give me hope i feel like the more i learn about my own culture maori culture is that built into the very fabric of it is this idea of guardianship or stewardship of the land not ownership so really taking care of the land taking care of each other with humility and and sort of strength. So all these values that I'm seeing being propagated across the world are, are really giving me hope. So I hope that gives people out there a bit of hope as well. Yeah, me too. Nice. So I guess on that note, is there anything you'd like to say before we wind things up? I guess just that I hope that some of the things that we've shared make a little positive impact in your day. It's tough times at the moment, so be kind to yourself, be kind to the people around you. It's okay to disconnect from the news and the media when you need to. It's okay to take a break from your business goals or really any external pressure that you might be putting on yourself right now. I just hope that... Hope that this goes a little way towards giving you a little bit of inspiration and and. You know, even if it's just time to take a break for a little while, you know, give yourself a little bit of space. We hope that this helps. Mm. So, 
Well, first I'd like to say that uh, the theme song is Baby Robots by Soul and used with permission. We're not sure when or what the next episode will be about, but... Oh, yeah, I guess i just give a little update on that. We had lined up two really awesome, creative, local, activist-type people who we really wanted to speak to in person, and that was their preference, but all these lockdowns mean that we haven't been able to have an in-person conversation. And there's also a couple of authors who... We're in the process of (laughs) making a time with, it's another example of not pushing a situation Mm. where it feels like it's not really going to get you anywhere. So there are future guests, but we have no timeframes right now. Mm. And we appreciate you sticking with us. We appreciate you listening. Absolutely. And also, if you did want to reach out, communicate with us, you can reach out to us on Facebook, The Flyitis Podcast. You can check out our website podcast.flowartist.com you can send us an email to podcast at flowartist.com we'd really love to hear from you you know maybe build a little bit of community so please reach out oh yeah and we also have quite a few free video classes on gardenofyoga.com.au And one of them in particular I shared recently was Yin for a Good Night's Sleep, which was bringing in some of my self-massage favorites, some down-regulating the nervous system techniques. And yeah, we'd love it if you could practice with us as well, whether it's from a video or online. That would be really awesome. Yeah. So I guess other than that, have a great rest of your day, rest of your evening. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you spending your time with us. Aroha nui. Big, big love. (laughs) 